0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. What up, Knicks fans? A little different start to the show this week. Uh, This is a sad, sad week for the Hard Knicks Life family. Jay, also known as Blandy's father, passed away, unfortunately, this past Monday. Uh, He wasn't with us last week uh, because his father wasn't doing well. And then this Monday, we got that horrible news.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know... Been best friends with Jason since I was 11 years old. And uh, yeah, his dad was just a, a great man. You know, super funny. He's always always acting silly, you know, but uh, just a great man, great family man. And uh, yeah, you just feel bad for Jason and his family, what they've gone through. With it. You know, he lost his uncle um, less than three weeks ago as well. Also the ALS, just like his father. So yeah, they're going through a tough time. So our, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with uh, Jason and his family. It's a
1: hard life. It is a hard life. A hard next life.
0: Oh, it's a hard life. It's a hard next life.
1: Fans. And what is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Craig? We're, we're very close. We're getting very close to the Knicks being back.
2: Really back. I know. I know. And once we're back in, you know, you look at the schedule, how tight the games are just packed, you know, one after the other. And yeah, you're, before
1: you know it, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be swimming in Knicks. Hmm. <laughs> Where else would we rather swim? Right. It doesn't even feel like we're we're counting down towards the preseason It feels like we're counting down towards the regular season And as far as I'm concerned, 8 plus months without the Knicks It doesn't matter, I just want to see them play I don't care if the games count or don't count <laughs> Remember, wherever you listen to the show Please remember to leave us a 5 star rating and or positive review And please remember to subscribe to the one podcast That makes this world a better place Makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside Right, Barry? Does it make you feel fuzzy? Uh, Yes, extra fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll be getting rid of some of that fuzz next week, which that's a little tease. <laughs> <laughs> got a new sponsor coming around the corner. And you can get your Hardnicks Life threads at hardnickslife.threadless.com. We got a sick new Obi-Wan t-shirt.
2: Yeah, if you haven't checked it out, you owe it to yourself to go to hardnickslife.threadless.com. Check out this Obi-Wan because it's the coolest one you can buy anywhere. And, and I've scoured the internet for the competition and there's nothing cooler than this. So so kudos to you, Craig, for uh, for the design. All right, Barry, as we said, the Knicks are back on Friday and it is time to play some bets. That's right. <laughs> BetOnline.ag is your source and your one-stop betting um, destination. You're just fucking winging it right now. I'm winging it. That's <laughs> All right. So here's something interesting. Real quick. We mentioned last week that you could bet on like the over-unders for points. And I told you how Obi Toppin was over under 12 and a half. Yeah. And that was paying out $95 on your hundred. It's gone down. Now it's still 12 and a half points. But if you bet a hundred bucks, you only make 65. So that means the odds makers are doubting themselves putting it at over under 12 and a half. And after hearing him speak at training camp this week, all of a sudden they think that, uh, He's more likely to go over. So I should have placed my bet. Because I after talking to you, I was like, I'm placing, you know, I'm placing a few hundred dollars on Obi. And now I'm not gonna make as much money on my bet. Just gotta bet more money. Just gotta bet my I'm gonna have to bet more money. <laughs> you can also bet on rookie of the year. Currently, LaMelo is the favorite. You get uh it's plus four hundred, so you bet hundred dollars, you make four hundred. Obi Toppin is plus six fifty. Those aren't bad odds at all. That's
1: a great bet. Then you bet Obi. Go all in on Obi. Go all in on Obi. Obi over for the over twelve and a half, and Obi for Rookie of the Year. And you might walk True. away with a decent amount of change. Mucho dinero. All right. So head mucho dinero. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag, and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today was day three of Training Camp Barry and we got some new sound in. Yeah, let's just let's just play some of the sound. How does that sound? It sounds good. I mean it's the next best thing to Nick's basketball, right? It's hearing them talk about practicing basketball. Right. yeah. I mean it, honestly, to be honest, it's painful to do these shows where we're just listening to sound, <laughs> but we're in this we're in this like dead space of Nick's talk and information while we just wait for these games. So on Friday, we'll be able to finally start talking about actual basketball.
2: I'm watching these like Zoom interviews and I'm like really staring deep into these players' eyes. I'm looking for like any eye tick movements. I'm like trying to get into the psyche of these players. Just I'm trying to like figure out any information or intel I can gain because you can't really go off of what they say because like half of it is like scripted and like you know what they're gonna say and like they, they know what they're gonna say before even they're asked it. So like I'm trying to like figure out in their head if they believe what they're saying or if they don't
1: believe what they're saying. Okay, well, Barry is reading way too much into this, so I apologize for him. <laughs> but we're going to start with Kevin Knox. According to Tom Thibodeau, he's looked really good in practice through the first two days, at least. This is actually Thibodeau at the end of day two. We will get to some day three sound, but I just want to play you this little clip from Thibodeau on Knox.
0: Well, he's had two really good days of practice so far, so and I hope he can sustain that over a long period of time. Uh, but he's a young guy that has to get better. I think in good, looking at the shots that he had taken last year, uh, the ones that he took, w- which you know I would quantify as good shots, he made those. So I think he started pressing and took some tough shots. But when Kevin Knox takes good shots, he's going to make them. Uh, so he's put a lot of time into his shooting. I think he's gotten stronger, uh, but he's, he's got to continue to work. And if he does that, Kevin Knox will be fine.
1: So it does seem like Thibodeau has some confidence in Kevin Knox. Very positive. He speaks about him very positively. And according to Knox's soundbite, he's definitely feeling a little more comfortable uh, this training camp with the new coaching staff.
2: Yeah, and, you know, and, and the big thing on, you know, his conditioning yeah. and all that, you know, which he certainly needed to, uh, to improve upon. This is Knox. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, all the, the whole coaching staff, the whole organization really has a lot of faith in me. Uh, they've really been pushing me all summer. Uh, coach has really been reaching out uh, as much as possible. I really uh, getting a lot of working with the different coaches that we have on staff. So, I mean, uh, it definitely feels great, you know, to have uh, the organization behind my back. And I just really want to go out there this year and just prove a lot of people wrong. Just go out there and just play hard and just really win games.
1: It makes you wonder how he was feeling before this season. Because why would he be talking about, it makes you feel good to have the organization behind your back. Thibodeau was speaking to him all summer about what he needed to do. Last year, at times, he seemed to be, look, lost, right? Yeah, I'm sure there was a big
2: part of him that felt like they gave up on him. You know, you kind of got that sense that second half of the season. And it's... Weird. It's like, why would you give up on this guy when you're staring at half your roster on these one-year deals that you knew weren't going to be here? You know, come the end of the season, you know, give some burn to your boy Knox. You know, who's still trying to kind of get grounded. But yeah, I guess he never got into that groove,
1: and and he just felt them pulling away from him. I mean, no, none of the Knicks young guys ever got into a groove, right? And it's a common theme amongst the Knicks youngsters that. They all lost their confidence, except for maybe Mitch.
2: Yeah, and maybe RJ as well. RJ too.
1: You know, because- RJ is a did special person. He finish the season, you know, he, right, right. He, he did finish the season strong. RJ basically didn't lose his confidence because of the type of person he is. But Kevin Knox, Frank Nillikina, DSJ, some of these guys are not as mentally tough as RJ. Yeah, I did like the fact that Knox did mention
2: proving people wrong. Yeah, You know, that he is aware- you know, of that, of, uh, you know, of all the doubters, you know, that are around here um, because he hasn't
1: shown the, the best of Knox. Like we've said before, he, he and I was watching summer league clips of him <laughs> earlier today. He, he was so aggressive and good. Oh, why would you do that to yourself? Because of this soundbite, there was this question about if, if Thibodeau spoke to Knox about what he's expecting of him this year. And Knox does mention that Thibodeau wants him to be really aggressive. And it just reminded me of his summer league play. Um, so here's that.
0: Uh, he really just wants me to be aggressive. Uh, he really wants me to be able to rebound the ball defensively, be able to push the break, make plays, uh, knock down open shots, be aggressive, get to the basket. He really, just wants me to just be aggressive. I mean, uh, that's kind of just the really message he's really just you know relayed to me. Uh, just staying aggressive, uh, you know, knocking down shots, staying in shape so I can be able to run in transition, get easy baskets in uh, on the fast break. But I mean, I think everyone on the team really knows their role. I mean, uh, we've had a couple of good, really good days of practice, and uh, so I mean, there's really no he hasn't really like just specifically gave each each of us a role, but. You no, know, just with the floor practice, you know, everyone really knows what how, how
2: they're gonna play this year. He was he was really good in transition though last year. Yes. You know, he got out he got out in front of it a
1: lot. That's where he excelled too in that summer league. He was really aggressive in transition, just running the floor on the break. And from everything you're hearing at a Knicks training camp, that that's what they wanna do this year is use their youth, right? Use their athleticism, really push the ball. I mean, I'm getting the sense that they want to really work hard defensively. Obviously, it's a Thibodeau defensive team, but offensively, they want to run.
2: Yeah, that's echoed throughout all the players. Tom Thibodeau um, echoes that uh, um, when he talks about this team, what he sees about this team, what he wants to take advantage of other teams, you know, because of his team's athleticism and their youth. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it should be, if anything, an exciting Knicks team. It may not be, uh, you know, a very polished team. Clean-looking game of basketball on both ends of the court, but um, if you see a team hustling, if you see a team in better conditioning than the other team, and and they are running up and down the floor and getting out in transition, that's a, a you know you're stealing points away from the other team, and you're you're scoring them on the other end. That could be their best chance to stay
1: competitive in these games. Yeah, I mean I think the Knicks have driven us all a little crazy the past few years of always setting up their half-court offense, and never getting easy buckets. Everything was so difficult. But with Kenny Payne there, with this coaching staff there, I mean, I know that those Kentucky workouts and practices with Calipari and Kenny Payne are legendary as far as getting those guys ready and in shape. So if there's anything like that going on with the Knicks... And these young guys and players like Obi Toppin, uh, you know, and Mitch, between those two guys, I mean, you know, Mitch can take three steps and get down the entire court. They're going to be flying around and it's going to be exciting to watch. DSJ, right? Alfred likes to get out there and run. I mean, so hopefully that that is a marked difference from the past few years if they really do push that like you're hearing. One of the guys who we finally got a chance to hear speak we haven't really yet is um, the undrafted rookie, Miles Powell, who we don't know if he's going to end up on the, you know, we don't know if he's going to end up on the roster in the G League, but a lot of Knicks fans are excited about him. You watch highlights of him and how could you not be? Yeah. Yeah. Very passionate player. Very passionate. He can shoot from anywhere, at least from the highlights. Hustles, plays hard. So I think we're all really excited about him. There was this one good, I mean, and also in his sound bites. He's just got a he has got a great attitude and is basically coming in with a chip on his shoulder, uh, which apparently he's used to. This is him talking about not being drafted in either of the first two rounds on draft night.
3: Uh, I was still around, uh, like I said, I was around a, group, a good group of people. Uh, I was with my family that night. Um, I mean, my family helped me keep my head. I turned the page real quick. Um, this is my story. Um, I've always kind of been the underdog, so I mean... Uh, I needed that. And they say sometimes in life, when you get things handed to you, you take it for granted. So, I mean, I'm blessed to be in this situation. Um, a kid coming from Trenton, I shouldn't be here anyway. So, like I said, um, I know it's a lot of kids in Jersey um, and my family looking up to me, and I just want to keep being that role model that that people have, uh, hold me to.
1: I mean, this is it's what you'd expect someone to say when they don't get drafted. Pretty much everyone says something like that. <laughs> I loved sure. when he said, uh, you know, a kid out of Trenton, I shouldn't be here right. at all anyway. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously that's all great stuff. And then he has this one soundbite about the type of player he is, which gives you a little insight as to the type of player he is on the court.
3: Um, first, I'm a competitor. I lay it all out on the line. I feel like if you watch me play, you know I'm playing was playing for something. Uh, I play with a different type of passion. Uh, I'm a shooter. I feel like every team needs a shooter on the floor to kind of space the floor out. Um, and just working on defense. I mean, uh, me being 6'2", six, six uh, I know I'm going to have to guard the guards are the one spot and we have a, the the nba is filled with a lot of good guards so um just going at dennis every day guarding ep um i feel like that's helping me so
1: am i wrong in thinking barry that a lot of the players at the knicks or at least a lot more players than the ones that we got last year are of that like fight rj type mentality than last season seems like every single one is speaking that way is talking you know talks about you know wanting to battle and and hustle and lay it all out on the line no i mean you definitely get that sense and it's not only
2: from this rookie class coming in but you're gonna hear that from guys like frank that you know have been here three years and it, it's almost like do or die type situations for them they're gonna grind they know that time's running out you know you're you sign a contract when you come into the NBA and there's an end at that contract. There's no given that you're going to be that you're going to have a 10-year career in the NBA. Um so yeah, a lot of these guys are fighting. You got all different walks of life on this team. And you don't really have any old old guys, but you got even guys like Austin Rivers that's been around the block at least in this league. And yeah, he's in a new phase in his career. He's, you know, we heard from him why he wanted to be on this team and what he's fighting for. Um, So, yeah, you you know, Leon Rose is building a team that, you know, that's got a certain mock, a certain makeup to them. You know, um, he wants that New York fight and that drive, you know, and if you're not going to be able to sign the talent, at least sign guys who if they bust their ass and they play their
1: heart out, they can win on any given night. And that's all you can really hope for at this point. This offseason they did not sign any players that were like not good defensively, right? Right. That was a key. Uh certainly a key thing. They wanted guys that can at least, you know, at, at least shoot the ball as well. Yes. They didn't sign players like Bobby Portis, who who just they're just offensive players. They're getting right. well rounded players who can play both ends of the floor. Right, multiple positions. Uh you know, not only defend multiple positions, but even on the offensive end play multiple positions. Positions. You know, he's got a lot of flexibility with this lineup. And it's an interesting point you make about how a lot of players in this team have something to play for, or at least that's how they play. I mean, yeah, Frank, Mitch, DSJ, these guys are all going to be playing for contracts. And then, yeah, you have guys who just play like that because that's the way they play. So you put a team together where all 12 or 15 guys. (laughs) Are playing for something, yeah, and you know I'm I'm listening to
2: the two of us talk, oh, right, right? Obviously, go.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I know where you know. Let, let's
2: <laughs> let's not get it twisted. You know, we're we're talking almost like there's going to be some magical chemistry with this team, and they're going to do some wondrous things. It, it's unfortunately, it's not going to be the case, right? So, but we but we do help that they all we do hope that they all take a step forward. You know, in each of their personal careers here which in turn will help the Knicks take a big step forward. But realistically, I mean, I don't believe that's going to happen, do you? I mean, we got to have a little bit of a reality
1: check right here, I feel like. I'm not sitting here thinking that we're going to, because we put together this team of guys who all want to work hard, we're going to win 50 games. Right, they're going to make like a fucking Disney no, movie of about not. this next team in 2020, 2021. <laughs> but I do hope every year, I have very low expectations, but I do hope. Just that we will not be a laughing stock. And honestly, right. and I was shouldn't... hoping last year that when we with guys like Marcus Morris, that we would not be a laughing stock and we would not let guys like LeBron play the water bottle game in the corner and anyone kissing the court at MSG. Right. You know, and it didn't really turn out that way. And if there is gonna be a time that we're waxing
2: poetic or we have like these, you know, happy thoughts or these optimistic thoughts, let it be right now. Because once you get into the season and, you know, those L's start piling up, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. So, I you know, I wanted to have that little reality check right there. But, you know, but ultimately we should be optimistic right here because it's the only
1: time that we really can be afforded to be. That's why Knicks fans love the offseason. That's why we look forward to it so much. <laughs> right. Because once the season starts, you're just miserable, you know, you're... <laughs> the team ends up sucking. And the coaching staff only wants to play the veterans because they don't know what to do. And all the young guys that you want to see play aren't getting any playing time. Every year, Let's we hope that it's going to be different. And it hasn't been different for a long time. But the more young guys we get and the more guys like Obi topin and RJ and Mitch, uh, it gets a little easier as long as they play because you see the light at the end of that tunnel. Yes. Obi Topin here. Really makes a world of difference, you know? And a lot of that is that, you know, we're hopeful that he's going to be great. If he has a, if he has a rookie a year like Kevin Knox did, uh, it's going to be a pretty fucking depressing season. Because it's great listening to him talk now all the time. Of course. You know, his attitude is just like terrific. <laughs> when he starts tripping over his own two feet defensively and can't stop That's gonna anybody. That's going to get old real quick. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not going to be cute. Uh, one of the most interesting storylines over the past few days... And it's definitely a hot topic, is Mitch. We talked about on the last show the conversation about, you know, do the are the Knicks concerned about Mitch? You know, are they concerned about his professionalism? Or are we concerned that he's had now six agents in his first two plus seasons in the NBA? And it's on the minds of it's on the minds of the beat because they asked him over and over again about that and his three point shot and and how much we're gonna <laughs> see of that. <laughs> Right. so here is Mitch and a little bit of a funny moment when it's revealed that Mark Berman is asking him the question
0: Mark Berman near post
3: hey Mitch
1: it's a great visual basically Mitch is like shaking his head laughing and saying Berman God, it didn't seem positive <laughs> let's put it that way uh,
0: yeah just try to figure out what happened with your agents now I know you're with Wasserman, they announced it the other day, and I know you were with Rich Paul. So, what went into that uh, change? Um, it really was just like personal stuff. So, I mean, I really don't want to get into that, but yeah, you know, it was just personal things. So, you know, I just, I just felt like I needed to do.
1: So I don't know what to make of that. I mean, he 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 ditched Rich Paul, who's one of the obviously the biggest agents you can have. And went to this Wasserman group, which I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about them, but they represent some big athletes as well. Russell Westbrook is represented by them. Uh, But I don't know why Mitch is constantly changing agents. I don't know if it means something. I don't know if he doesn't get along with them. You know, you hear about this lack of professionalism potentially for Mitch. You heard about the Team USA coaches being disappointed in him for showing up late to, to those practices. And then just for his overall attitude, and then leaving early because of an injury. You're sort of getting some vibes like that out of the Knicks, possibly, and out of some of these sound bites from Thibodeau. Is it any coincidence that he's had six different agents? I mean, maybe the agents are seeing similar things. Whatever it is, there, there's no
2: positive thing that it could be, there's no positive
1: from it. It's only, it's only a negative thing, whether, whether it's him breaking apart from the agent or the agent breaking apart from him. Either Mitch doesn't like something they're telling him or they don't like representing Mitch cause he's not, you know, they don't believe in him enough, I guess. Cause right. I can't imagine an, like Rich Paul would let Mitchell Robinson go anywhere else. Yeah. And he definitely went to a, it seems like a much smaller, lesser known agency that Mitch went to. And then even though Mitch said he didn't want to talk about it, it was personal, uh, you know, <laughs> nobody could help themselves. So there was more about it, which I was shocked by, but he actually gave a little more of an answer.
3: Hey, Mitch, um, I don't know if this falls under the same thing that, about the agent stuff that you don't want to answer because it it's personal, but... What
1: do you mean you don't know if it falls... Mitch, I don't know if this falls under the same thing as the agent stuff, but I have an agent stuff question here for you. <laughs> right.
3: You've had, obviously, six agents. Is it Why, for you, has it been so tough to kind of nail down? Like, is that is that getting frustrating for you, just keep switching agents? I mean, it is, but I mean, you know, it's like a thing you just learn and you, you, you find till you get the right, you know what I mean?
0: So that's basically like what I'm kind of doing until
3: I get that one that's
0: really, you know what I mean, just down for me. So, you know, I'm just going to, it's a right lesson.
1: I can't, honestly, I half the time I can't understand half the shit that Mitch is saying, <laughs> to be honest, but he's so casual about it. It really makes me wonder. He's casual about everything, though, Craig. Yeah, but is he gonna? Is he gonna? Is he gonna want to be here? Is he gonna want to switch teams? He, he's not a lawyer lo- He obviously is not that loyal <laughs> when it comes to the agents and the agencies. It really makes you wonder how loyal he's gonna be, and you know if he's just gonna. What's gonna happen when his contract is up and he's talking to the Knicks? Well, this year is gonna be
2: a big part of that, and you know it seems like a. He seems like a guy that wants to be comfortable. So if you make this an environment where. He feels comfortable in it because of his teammates, because of his role on the team, because of what he's doing on the court, that he probably will want to stay because he won't want to venture off into a new experience, to a new team, a new city, you know, unless it's a place like New Orleans where, you know, he has roots and, 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 a, and a familiarity with. It could be as simple as that, you know, just based on the look, I'm not going to sit here and say I I know the psyche of Mitchell Robinson. But from what I can tell, you know, that that's that's what I get from it. I mean, obviously he doesn't, he's not loyal to his agents, but
1: maybe he is loyal to his family, his living situation, his teammates. It's so a make or break year, you know, and I feel one of two ways, Barry. Listen, Thibodeau could either be great for Mitchell Robinson and he buys in and he really excels in Tib's system or- I hope so. Or, Mitch, or Mitchell's lack of desire or professionalism or whatever is a really bad match. For a coach like Thibodeau you know and by the end of the season Mitch hates hates it hates Thibodeau hates all the work hates being here and w- right. wants nothing but to get out of here and either one is entirely possible
2: yeah Nurlands Noel is the one that made the comment that he felt like you know him and Thibodeau are a match made in heaven but it really could be Mitchell Robinson and Tom Thibodeau that's a match made in heaven I mean you heard Thibodeau describe Mitch as an elite athlete an elite rim protector um, you know, he's aware of the things he does great, but he's also aware of what bigs have to do in this league throughout their career. And that's stretch the floor, put up threes. So Thibodeau does accept that as well. So hopefully um, he will let Mitchell Robinson grow, but ultimately perfect what he's already good at. And let, like like Tib said, he can be even more dominant and disruptive, you know,
1: if he just learns, you know, better technique. And and Tib said, if he's willing to put in the work. And if he's willing right. to put in and the work. And that's war. the one big difference between Nerlens and Mitch. Now, Mitch is young. So I don't know how much... I am I don't even want to put him... He's, I don't want to make it his fault. He hasn't had... In my opinion, he hasn't had a legitimate legitimate coach probably ever. You know, with all due respect to his high school basketball coach, Butch Stockton, who's been on the show. It is a high school basketball coach. And we know what his coaches have been like in the NBA. None of them have lasted more than a season. And we know he never had a coach in college. Because he couldn't even get to a game at Western Kentucky. Dude, it is very concerning. The six agents, the signing up at Western Kentucky, never even getting to a game. Choosing to just play pickup ball for a season going into the draft. All these questions are starting to come up. Now he's playing for Tom Thibodeau this season. Yeah, I, I can guarantee you this. Mitch. Mitch's block party...
2: That show you're not oh. gonna see any of that this season. That is done. <laughs> that is a great point. That is sad. That's probably But think about awful from Mitchell's news. perspective. It's like you're telling me you want me to be professional, act this way. Last year you were sticking a microphone in my hand, taking me out to like, you know, all these different shoots. You're putting me in a field <laughs> with uh with Cornette and just having us like, you know, be goofballs on
1: purpose, on camera. You you wanted more of that. Now you're telling me to cut that shit out. Dude, they set up a fucking couch on the basketball court while practice is going on, pretty much. And have told him RJ sitting down on the couch for a fucking late night talk show with Mitch. Yeah. they got player, I'm sure they, they told him, be the wackier that you are, the better. Yeah, they got Mitch putting fucking index cards on his forehead. Right? <laughs> or was it the player? One way or the other. Either way, dude. <laughs> yeah, how the fuck? I mean, that's my favorite, one of my that favorite show, things. That show's been canceled, Craig. <laughs> that is canceled. Oh, man. But that is the only thing that brought me joy late in late in the season last year. Yeah, but yeah, is not standing for any of that shit.
2: No way. Yeah, half the team is practicing over there and that's out of the court, and Mitchell Robinson's doing an interview with you know with a with a bench player. Come on, he could be working on his free throw shooting. He'd be working on that. You think is going to let him sit on the couch and practice <laughs> his uh, his
1: talk show host <laughs> techniques? Get the fuck out of you. And then everybody wants to know about. Exactly, how many three pointers Mitch is going to put up each game? Right? They've been asking
2: that since uh, he stepped into the
1: league.
0: Oh no, right. Well, there I'm not just going to come out launching three. You know, if the shot is in itself, then nothing. I'm going to take it this year. I mean, I'm more comfortable with the way I've been shooting lately. So I mean, why not? You know what I mean? So I mean, the engine been working on it. So I mean, it's just if the shot is in itself, I'm just not going to go out there launching up
2: shots. I'll tell you this: it, I bet you, I bet you. It'll be easier for him to put up these shots because there's no fans in the arena. That's probably going to play a little bit of an aspect. It could be in the back of his mind, you know, should I be taking this shot, should I not? With no fans in the arena, it's going to be like he's in one of these, you know, gyms playing five on five. we've only seen him shoot threes
1: with no fans in the arena. So
2: That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, he'll probably be more comfortable to do that. But think about like how loud the crowd would get if he sinks one of those threes
1: and he's going to miss out on that. Oh, think about how loud the crowd gets just when he makes a block and him racing around the court doing that. I mean. Oh yeah. Barry, do you know who is changing the crumb cake game? Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company, that's who. Oh, I know. We know it. And it is not too late for the holiday season to get that special person you love, a delicious crumb cake. And you know what makes a great gift, Craig? The subscription to the uh, crumb
2: cake of the month you and you could do 3 months, 6 months, 9 months, 12 months whatever your budget might be for that special person in your life. And look, they don't they don't know how long this pandemic's going to last. They don't want to schlep to the store to get their their favorite crumb cake. You can't get a crumb cake
1: like this at the store, Barry. You can't. You can't you can't. From holiday gift boxes to crumb cakes to the world-famous crumpkins, go to clarksonavcrumb.com, use promo code hardnecks life for twenty three percent off your order, you heard that right, twenty three percent, and that's for Mitch, and that's for Mitch, and Barry. Soundbite of the week coming up right now. Are you ready? Soundbite of the week. Soundbite of the week. Last week, or should we say, should we call this the Ian Begley soundbite of the week? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> <laughs> last week. You know, I think one of my favorite moments of our podcast ever. <laughs> it was definitely the highlight of the show last week, and yeah, it could be definitely. It, it, it was. <laughs> it had me laughing. Getting to laugh at someone else's kids, driving someone else crazy, is always a treat. All right, so last week, Ian Begley's kids were on his lap.
2: RJ, how much have you had a chance to work with the assistant coaches on staff? Guys like Kenny Payne and Johnny Bryant, Mike Woods, and those guys. What are your thoughts on them so far? Daddy,
1: Daddy. And then we got Ian Begley. Choking on potato chips. Of course, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat>
3: did I No, I am choking on a, a potato chip. Here, me. get
1: in some water. And this week, well, we got a little, another glimpse into Ian Bagley's personal life because he still can't find a fucking babysitter. Yeah, I thought you had, you know, some advice from him last week on the show. Obviously, is he, he not adhere. listening to the show? I guess not. You know, I actually think he might have been because he did. He was a little stricter this week when it started to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Here, take a listen to this. I mean, this is like, you can't make this shit up, Barry. You can't make it up. And Ian, I stress to you, find a solution for this because it is embarrassing. Normally, he is very professional. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so.
2: Ian Begley, have some wine. Guys, shh, shh, shh. No, sorry, Tom. Tom, um, you- I know you. You know, you talked yesterday about MSG and and the organization doing everything they can to you know
1: offset the risk with the virus and i'm sure every (laughs) totally his kids have him fucking flustered dude how many kids does he have now now it's more than one kid is it more than one yeah listen guys
2: sorry tom Tom, um i know you you know you talked yesterday about msg and and the organization (laughs) doing everything (laughs) they can And this is yeah, almost a,
1: guys. this is almost a two for one special because I think he's choking on potato chips again. Hey, listen,
2: and I'm sure every team in the league is going to do everything they can, excuse me they can.
1: All right, maybe he's not choking on potato chips, but dude, kids are banging shit back there. You know, he's got multiple kids now annoying him. What is going on? I don't know. How does that happen again? <laughs> every day i might just tune into these press conferences every day just to hear what's going on at ian begley's house all right barry let's listen to some voicemails hey what's up guys this is big joe down in the fla big joe down in the fla you do not want to fuck with big joe just wanted to say <laughs> craig you're the man
2: blondie you're coming up in the game very well you're boring oh!
1: i'm boring he you're said- boring <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear that again. Shall we? <laughs> Let's hear it again. very well you're yeah, boring. All right.
2: I think uh, Tibbs is really the coach for this team. I think Frank and
3: Knox are really gonna respond well to his push. Unfortunately, I think Mitch he's gonna uh he's not gonna respond well. Obi's checking all the boxes. Love the attitude. Hopefully his game comes through. Just wanna say I appreciate all you guys and all the work you guys do and the content.
1: Thanks. I could tell, Barry, that even though he said that, he's he's fucking with you. But uh, what's the vote now? Four, two... Does that count as a vote for me and Blandy? No. No. Doesn't. No. Big no. Joe, get that vote in. You can put in a vote for both me and Jay if you want. Right? Is that legal? No. Okay.
0: Hey, guys. It's Brandon from Long Island. Um, I just wanted to call and uh, let you guys know that I wanted to vote for Barry's mother-in-law as my favorite. <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed, but
2: I want to vote three times
0: for her, if that's that's okay. Also, uh, Kevin Knox, I think he's horrible, and he should be off the team. Let's go, Iggy. Later.
2: Man, training camp. Third day of training camp, and you are ready to just kick Knox off the team. You saw saw everything you needed to see those first two years. You're ready to boot him to
1: the curb. And let's go, Iggy. A player who... (laughs) I mean, half the time I forget he's even on this team. You never hear anything <laughs> about him. He's destined for the G League this year, Iggy.
2: Yeah, there's a good chance. I mean, you you look to the left of him and to the right of him. I don't know how he's cracking into this roster.
1: And how about Barry's mother-in-law getting in there? I'm sorry, uh, but you cannot vote three times for Barry's mother-in-law, but we'll give her one. So You can't vote even once for Barry's mother-in-law. She's never appeared on the pod. Barry is now in fourth place in the vote behind... His <laughs> no, I have a vote. There was a write-in vote on Twitter. That does not count. I'm sorry. it a... totally counts, Buck. No, voice on mail, He's got to call in.
2: No, you said last time you can. You you don't. It could be you could write it in. No, I did said. not
1: actually. I, I don't know what you're you talking did. about, Buck. If you want that vote to count, you got to call it in. Come on, Buck. I need that vote. We're not doing write-in votes. We need to keep this election legitimate.
0: Hi guys. <laughs> i just. Wanting to call you all first off to let you know that uh, Barry is my favorite just
2: because he's got a smooth, cool attitude.
1: Get the fuck out of here, Ralph.
2: Yeah, well, Joe
1: in the FLA calls that smooth attitude boring. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the votes are coming in. Keep them coming, guys. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a HardNicksLife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at life, You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can follow Jay at Blandy Hooper. And you can call us at 516-33-MESH1. That's 516-336-3741. Remember, if you like our show, if you listen to our show, leave us some five-star ratings and positive reviews. We could use some fresh ones on there, so I'm begging you. Go to hardnickslife.threadless.com for those Obi-Wan shirts. Do it now before they... uh, they're not going away. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> Before they sell They'll out. be available forever pretty much, but just fucking go do it. They're on sale right now. And uh, Barry, the game is this Friday. What's your final stab at the Knicks starting five? Let's do it right now. Okay, I'm going to guess Alfred Payton, R.J.
2: Barrett, Alec Burks, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. You might be right, Barry. I think you might be right. Look, we know that the starting lineup that he puts out there, that first preseason game, doesn't really mean anything as far as what the starting line is going to be at game one of the regular season. Not true. However, it's going to give you a look into Tibbs' mind as far as who he sees at this point in time. I think that starting lineup he puts out there for game one of the preseason is a starting lineup. It's going to give you insight, at least to where where he sees it. So
1: it's it's up to how much is going to change. The only chance that it's not is that I think you might be right that Alfred Payton is starting only because Austin Rivers has been battling some sort of groin thing a little bit in training camp. And I really do think Austin Rivers is going to end up in a starting position, either at the one or the two. If he's not playing, supposedly they're being really conservative with him. So there's a good chance that Alfred is starting in the backcourt. With who? I don't know. Yeah, and I actually want, like the original one that I had mentioned last year, I still want
2: DSJ to come out as a starter. You know, if he looks good in training camp, we you know, we can't see what's going on there, but if he does, give him the ball. Let him start off the uh, the
1: season as a starter. I'm with you. I think that it's probably going to be Alfred Burks, RJ. Unfortunately, Randall and but I do believe there's a good chance that Nerlens is starting. So, I'll say Nerlens Noel at the 5. Based on everything we're hearing, it just seems like <laughs> it just seems like he's destined to start. All right, guys, uh, enjoy the game on Friday night. Look forward to getting back to this next week when we actually have some basketball to talk about and look forward to Jay coming back. So, again, hearts go out to him. And uh, until next time, it is a hard Knicks life.